Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Welcome to the Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Jennifer LeClaire here. You can see in the spirit. I want to invite you to take the Seer Activation Challenge. 30 days to clearer spiritual sight. I'm going to be on board doing Seer Activations with you, guiding you through biblical entryways and much, much more. You can opt to take the Seer Activation Challenge at tinyurl.com slash seeractivation tinyurl.com slash seer activation. You can also opt to get these three books, Seer Dimensions. You can get Power Seers. This just came out. Keys to upgrading your prophetic vision. And you can get Seer Activations with 101 Seer Activations and a whole lot more teaching. I want to challenge you to see what you've never seen before. God wants you to be able to see in the spirit. Open your eyes to the Seer Dimensions in Jesus' name. All right, everybody out there in social media land, good to see you today. Jennifer LeClaire here, Senior Leader of the Awakening House of Prayer in South Florida, England, Australia, you name it, we're expanding. God is good, and we are going to dive in deep today. So some controversial stuff. You never know what I might say, praise God. Uh, I have some things on my mind. I'm not sure how much I'll say tonight, but it's going to be good. It's going to be hot. It's going to be uh, not controversial for controversial sake, but it's going to be real. It's going to be raw. Uh, we're going to get into some things tonight. So before we go any further, whatever platform you're watching this on, I want you to share it with anybody you think needs to hear 
this today. I am here with my good friend, Derek Gates. I want him to say hello to you and tell him about what he's doing. He's actually been in revival out there in Texas for several weeks now. Derek, say hello. Hi, guys. All right. Tell him well, what you're doing out there in Texas. You're from California. You're in California based there, but you're in Texas now. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we had been based in Kansas City for, for the past 10 years, and God moved us to L.A., and and uh, we came to Texas. My editor, uh, I film uh, movies as well, and uh, my editor lives here in South Texas near uh, South Padre Island, and we did one weekend of meetings, and God exploded, and now we're, we're this is, tonight is the seventh Tuesday, um, so we're entering the seventh week, and, and we're, you know, uh, four meetings a week, and and uh, God's just really been been pouring out here in in South Texas. Wow, wow, wow! So if someone's in South Texas and they want to go to the the meeting, how do they get there? What church are you at? It's called Hub Revival Center, and it's in San Benito, uh, Texas. So it's uh it's right in it's what's called the Rio Grande Valley, uh, largely Hispanic population. It's really neat here. Uh, uh, believe it or not, it's only a 35% English-speaking uh, area. So the whole wow. the whole valley is, um, I, I think, about maybe 3 million people, and it's only 35% English-speaking right here in the United States. Wow. Tu habla español? And I uh, piquito español. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, but, but you know, my, wife, my wife's Hispanic, so, That's right. so uh, That's right. I've got her. Amen. Well, praise God. She's a beautiful woman. Love her. She's a great woman of God. And uh, let's let's dive in tonight. Listen, I'm going to read a scripture and we're going to give you some prophetic insight. Again, I don't know which way it's going to go. I don't have comments prepared, but this has been on my heart since I prophesied. And really, it was kind of nonchalant, impromptu, whatever you want to call it. On Facebook Live a few months ago, I began to speak about how God was going to really begin to separate the sheep from the goats, the sheep prophets from the goat prophets. And when you talk about sheep and goats, it's not uh, relegated to the realm of the prophetic, but that's part of it. Let me read you the scripture here so you can get some context. Uh, Matthew 25, uh, verse, uh, starting at verse 31. And the Bible says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. I can't wait till that day. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd, which he is the good shepherd, separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. So we see that in the in the end times, in the last days, God is going to separate the wheat from the tares, the sheep from the goats. We're going to begin to see a separation. And these things grow up together. The wheat grow up with the tares. The sheep and goat actually in, in, in the realm of, of pasturing, uh, in the pastures, they actually do co-mingle together. So it's sometimes difficult to really recognize someone. And that's that's why we have to know them by the spirit and not just know them by the way they look, the color of their hair, the inflection of their voice, how gifted or anointed they are, but really, really know them by the spirit. So sheep and goats, we're offering prophetic insight into that tonight. And the first thing I'll say, and then I'll kick it over to Derek, is I am beginning to really discern there is a separation happening in the body of Christ. There is, uh, there are, there are lines being drawn in the sand, uh, even be among revivalists. I saw 
de Havilland Ford put out a great post today about how a revivalist is not one who wears uh, necessarily skinny jeans and preaches hard, nor is a revivalist one who wears long robes. A revivalist is one who brings the gospel to the streets. A revivalist is someone who wants to see the church revive, society save, right? And so we're seeing clear lines of, of demarcation made in the apostolic camp, the prophetic camp. We're seeing all these things happening. God is really bringing distinctions for those who discern. I'm going to say that again. God is bringing distinctions for those who will discern. If you don't pay attention, you'll miss it. If you don't pay attention, you'll end up in the wrong network, in the wrong church, in the wrong job, in the wrong family. Amen. So we have to be led by the spirit to begin to discern the differences between those who are really serving the cause of Christ and those who have nefarious motives. Derek? It's it's so true. You know, and uh, one of the things that, that I've really... Um, picked up on, especially over the last uh, couple of years, and, and, and it is intensifying greatly, is that um, your alignment will dictate your direction in your life. Um, the alignment that you make in your, in your, in your personal life, in your, in your ministry life, will 100% dictate um, the direction um, that, you, that you take to your destiny. And, and, and sometimes even, I, I believe, and, and I think maybe you, you, you would believe this too, um, you can even abort your destiny uh, by yep. by not um, not following the the correct shepherd, uh, so to speak. You know, yep. and, and I'm using that word shepherd uh, lightly, but but um, you know, one of the things that the, that the Lord really told me, and he's and I heard it again yesterday from another from another prophet, was that um, Jesus is like this is a year of uh, that because you know in the Hebrew calendar nine is encounter and so this is a year of encounter um but the way they were describing it and this i think this might be the third time i've heard it this year from mm -hmm. different people was that he's coming in 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 an encounter way but as a fruit inspector Ooh. because this is a real season of of the separation of the sheep and the ghost the wheat and the tares that he's coming to inspect the fruit of people because one of the things that that i've seen over the past several years and and as my ministry has kind of climbed and and i've um, entered in the circles it people say well look at the fruit of my ministry but if you look closer if you were really to inspect that fruit is it really is it really alive is it really is it healthy fruit because fruit can mean all kinds of things you can have fruit that looks good on the outside take a bite into it and yes. it's rotten on the inside and um so i believe that this is that season of the fruit inspector where he's coming to inspect the fruit and um, man, I, I just I just see it all over, all over the place, and I know you've seen it. People building their own kingdom. It, it's you know, you know, in the end, it's going to be like this. Well, didn't you know? Didn't we do miracles in your name? Didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we build a multi-million-dollar ministry in your name? Didn't we build a social media empire in your name? Depart from me, I didn't know you. You know, because what what's the fruit behind it? You know, and th those are the things I'm seeing right now, Jennifer. Yeah, it, it, it's really true. You know, I had learned many years ago when I was first coming up in apostolic ministry that you cannot validate someone's ministry based on the gift, based on the anointing alone, because the anointing is to serve others. And God puts a grace on us to carry an anointing, but the anointing is to serve others and his gifts and callings are without repentance. And let me say this. God gave Jezebel and Ahab over 20 years to repent. 
This is how long-suffering God is. So just because someone's out there manifesting a gift doesn't mean that God is pleased with their character. We have to be fruit inspectors. And by that, you know, the Bible says, you shall know them by your fruit. Jesus said, you will know them by their fruit. What is their fruit? You know, I've, I've, I've gotten really nice looking oranges at times, Derek, and, and you peel them off and they're dry and bitter on the inside. And, and right. I'm telling you what things look, you know, you can go in the grocery store and they say they actually polish them. They actually, you know, put a wax coating on us to make things look more appealing than they are. And we have a lot of goat Christians, goat preachers, goat apostles who are shining themselves up on the outside. But it's like Jesus said, they're whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. They're legalistic. Uh, they want you to do things their way. Have you ever noticed? I'm, I'm really going in now. Have you ever noticed? Noticed in some churches or some uh, networks or some uh, churches network, the, the body of Christ, how many times everybody looks like the leader. All the men begin to cut their hair the same way. They all get a tattoo somewhere, which I'm not at all against tattoos, but they all get branded. They all uh, begin to wear the same clothes. I remember uh, back in the day when everyone was wearing those, I can't remember what, it was some kind of brand of a shirt, and they all look like the pastor. They all look the same. They all talk the same. And these become cultish behaviors. And yeah, yeah, and we're seeing the rise of that. And I'm, you know, I'm not against, I have a network. I'm not against networks. You have a network. Obviously, we're not against networks. But when we seek to build our network or our church, rather than seeking to build the kingdom, we're, we're, we're slipping into a goat mentality because the goat is, here. Let me read you the rest of the scripture here. It says the king will say to those on his right. And these are the sheep. Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick. You looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And, 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 but, but the, but the goat didn't do any of those things. So the goats weren't, weren't, weren't showing and demonstrating the love of Christ. The goat looked like they were in the right place. They were in the same fold. They were in the sheep fold. They were running with the sheep. They were all blended together, but their motive wasn't right. They weren't doing right. it for the right reasons. And Jesus did say, depart from me. You are cursed into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And you mentioned that same scripture in another passage, depart from me. And so we're seeing just clear lines drawn. We're seeing cultish behaviors. We're seeing goat Christians, pastors, apostles, prophets rising up. But we have to, here's what I'm doing. I'm sounding the alarm because I want you to see it. I'm not picking on a group. I'm not picking on a network. I'm not going to give you a list of names because if I do that, you're going to focus on that list of names and throw out your discernment. When the reality is, is that we're seeing a lot of this we're coming to the last the end days and we're we're seeing a lot of this yeah absolutely i I think one of the interesting things i've i've been kind of on this for about two and a half years now um is goats and sheep are so much alike you know if you know that you were saying earlier you know they're they 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 pastor in the same field they they uh they speak the same language they you know uh they do all these things but the difference is is that a goat they eat any trash that's put in front of them. Yeah. Um, they cannot be shepherd. A goat cannot be shepherd. They're unruly. That's right. And so, so even though they're in the same crowd, they're in the same flock, so to speak, they rebel against the shepherd and they eat whatever trash is put in front of them and trash in, trash out. And and so what happens is, you know, um, for instance, you know, I, and, and, 
when, when I say this, uh, I, I hope people understand my heart, but like the prosperity doctrine, I believe in prosperity. I believe God wants us to be prosperous and have things, but what's the heart behind the prosperity yep. is the heart behind the prosperity. So you can drive your fifth Bentley and have your, you know, your, your 10th mansion somewhere in the United States and, and uh, you know, be able to, to look good and, and to sound good and all these different things, or is the prosperity so you can further the gospel of the kingdom. Yes. And, you know, I think God wants us to have things so we can be a blessing to others, you know, but that prosperity doctrine got so far off track that now it's become a goat mentality yes. and um, they rebel against anything that's anything other than that. Another, another, I believe goat mentality today is the hyper grace message. And, you know, it, what's funny about it is they're really graceful about everything except for those that don't agree with them. You know? <laughs> that's right. You know, as soon as you as soon as you point out some scripture, some actual words, some truth that that actually says this can't be true. All of a sudden, you're the worst thing that's ever happened on the face of the earth. And um, they have no grace for you. They they literally defeat their own their own doctrine. When, you know, but if you just disagree with them, you know, that's all it takes to get them off their game, you know, and their doctrines, just disagree with them. You know, it's a and it's a goat mentality. And, and the problem and Jennifer, I know you know this. The problem is, is that um, people don't take time to learn for themselves. Yes. They don't take the word of God, you know, and, and read this for themselves. They just believe whatever trash is put in front of them. That's a goat. You put it in front of them, they're going to eat it. There's no inspection of it. There's no looking at it. There's no, you know, reading it for yourselves, knowing it for yourselves. You know, and I, I tell our people, and I know you tell people because I just know you. Yeah. Um, Look, don't don't just believe me. Read it for yourself, you know. And um, Ronald Reagan used to say, "Trust me, but verify." I mean, I yeah. want people to trust me, but I want to, I want them to verify. I want them to inspect the fruit of it because the bottom line, Jennifer, is is anointing will get you there, but character keeps you there. Yes, you know, and and that's that's what we have. And I think a lot of these people that preach and and have kind of turn into these goats. I think at one time they, they did have pure motives, but they let the mentality of, of pride, spiritual pride, arrogance, you know, all these different things, you know, just completely corrupt their mind. And now we have goats. Wow. Well, it, it, it is. I believe anybody that becomes false or becomes deceit. I think most, most, let's take prophets, for example. I think most prophets start off as real prophets, if they were ever prophets to begin with. I think most apostles, most pastors, most teachers, and yes, there can be false pastors. Look at the Bible. He, he, the, Jesus talks about them as hirelings, those that you hire. They were never really interested in, in the sheep. They just wanted the position or the money or the title or the platform or whatever they wanted. But the Bible talks about false apostles, false prophets, false teachers. I, I believe they start off, if they were ever that to begin with, they start off right. Now, we have an issue where some people take on titles. I'm not going to get into that. We had a lady very upset last night that I was. we were talking with Ryan Johnson about titles. And she said we were boring and commanded that we move on. But anyway, um, and, and that sounds like a goat to me. But anyway, we had this, this, this issue where many people are, they start off on the right track. But what happens in modern Christianity, hear me, is that there is a ministry machine 
with lots of gears that tempts you. It beckons you. The Babylonian mindset has crept into the kingdom where I have to build a bigger, a better. I don't even know if I want to say this, but I'm going to go here. This is really probably going to make a lot of people very angry. But I let's go here. Let's go here. So, so the issue is this. Now, I prophesy a lot. I have a morning prayer broadcast, and I'll prophesy two or three times a week on there if the Lord leads. I don't set out to do it, but it, it, it's to the people that are listening to my broadcast. I'll have words of knowledge. I'll prophesy. But, and so I'm not against frequent prophecy. But what I've seen begin to happen is a disturbing trend where so many people now have a word of the month. And so now I, my head is turning this way and that way because about 500 people around the body of Christ are issuing on the first of the month a prophetic word of the month. Now, I'm not against that in theory, but I wonder how many of those people are really hearing the Lord and how many are just pressured to release the word of the month because it's the first of the month. And we want to get on Elijah list and we want to get an awakening magazine and in charisma. Therefore, we are pressured to put out this word of the month. And these are the, this is the sort of pressure. This is the sort of machine that turns people or transitions them slowly, not overnight from sheep to goat because the motive becomes wrong. You know, if you, if you want to prophesy every day, prophesy every day. That's awesome. But when you put out a word of the month because it's expected, not because you have one, then you're edging toward goat mentalities. Yeah, I agree. 100%. What, one of the, you know, one of the things that I, that I felt like for a long time about, about the uh, prophetic, uh, the prophetic stream and, you know, the apostolic, network stream and the revival stream or whatever other stream is out there is that um it's the co- it's the competitive spirit to keep up with the joneses yeah you know um oh somebody released a word i better release a word somebody yeah. else is getting this attention i better get this attention somebody else is building the network i better build the network you know and so instead of it being about quality it became about quantity yeah and and um and I, I don't know that you can put that kind of um, standard on your prophetic gifting to where say, I'm going to release a monthly word, you know, on this day of every month. And unless the Lord said it, you know, but, but, but I can tell you this, um, I, I made a comment to my wife, you know, probably a year ago. I said, look, I, I, I'm a good writer. And so I know that I know what kind of stuff these uh, charismatic, um, you know, news organizations, what, you know, blogs and stuff. I know what they want to see. Yep. Me and too. if I wanted to, I could be in these things every week. I could yes. just sit down and write something that tickles the ear. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I call it sugar-coated milk toast words, you know. <laughs> and uh, I could do it every week and be in, be in it. But the reality is, is that that is a goat mentality. Um, and, and I don't want to do something unless it's breathed on by the Lord. Yeah. You know, it, it better be the And when I teach the prophetic, I say, look, if God didn't say it, shut your mouth. Yeah. You know, and and, the, and it's the same thing with with people that prophesy. And then it's like they're, they're prophesying and they give their own opinion and interpretation within the prophecy. It's like, no, look, if God says it, just say what he said. Don't yeah. add your own stuff in. Just say what he said and, the, and, the, and let God interpret it, you know. And and uh, so it, it's a you know what it is, Jennifer, it's a slippery slope. And you're right. I don't think they turn that way overnight. Right. I think it's, it's a. It's something that has sucked them in over time. It's the machine, like you said. It's the. Um, it's kind of like with revival. You know, here we are. Um, you know, we're at seven weeks, and and I get it. I know that mentality of of 
of feeling like you have to feed the machine. And that can be that way in every aspect of ministry. You're like, oh, we got to keep this going. We got to keep this going. And it becomes into striving. And then it becomes in, and then it, it kind of transitions from striving into how do we manufacture this? So it, yes. so now it's not a true move of God anymore. Now it's a manufactured move. Now it's not true prophetic. Now it's a manufactured prophetic. Now it's not real signs and wonders. Now it's, uh, you know, it's manufactured, you know, and it's like, you know, these gemstone guys and, and angel dust Ooh. and whatever, you know, feathers and all this. I believe that that stuff can I happen. Too. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've seen it happen. We've had it happen. Yeah. But, absolutely. you know, I, I think what happens with a lot of these people that get busted faking it was that it, it became their identity became wrapped up in this stuff instead of the gospel, instead of building the kingdom. If our if our identity is not in you know, who we are, which is when it strips down to it, we're not any title. We're sons and daughters, you know, right. the titles are our job description. And then when, so when, when it, when it's like for you, Jennifer, when you're, when you're, a, if your identity becomes now I'm this apostle, I'm this prophet that has to release this all the time. Now you have the pressure to feed the machine that people are no longer going to follow you unless you do this, yeah. you know, they have to follow us because we point them to Jesus and, and um, so people fall into that machine mentality to manufacture something. And then, it, you know, it's just a horrible cycle that people go through. And I hate it, but somebody has to step in and break it. And that's what you're saying is we have to break the mentality. We have to start saying no to this and calling it out and, and saying, look, this is not right. Somebody has to stand up and say, this is not right. We don't worship the signs and wonders. We don't worship the prophetic. We worship the king. And those things are byproducts of it. And um, if we if we begin to worship that stuff, then it become, we, we run the risk of turning into the goat. Well, yeah, that's that's I agree with everything you said. And it's very, very, very clear. I love the language that you use. And the other side of it, another another sort of goat, because we've been talking about the prophets. And, you know, I, I have over the last 20 years had a rep- for dropping a plumb line in the prophetic and I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just, you know, somebody's got to say it's wrong because some people didn't, it maybe, maybe it, maybe it convicts them. Maybe it wakes them up. Maybe they're like, sure. Oh my gosh, am I really here from the Lord? Because you can put out a prophetic word every month, but which, which flavor do I choose? There's like, you know, more than 32 words coming out every month on the first, which one am I supposed to follow? So we're confusing the sheep, first of all. And then the other side of it is, though, how about the seeker friendly movement where, you know, I just got really blasted on Facebook and as if I care, Um, by the way, any hate mail tonight, it goes to trash at JenniferLeclair.org. Just please send it to trash at JenniferLeclair.org and and, and we'll we'll be sure to file that properly. But I, I put something on my Facebook page, Derek, and you may have seen it. It just said, you know, if I have to entice you, if I have to lure you into my mm-hmm. church with donuts and coffee, if I have to to bribe you with that, then you probably won't last long in my church because my messages are not sugarcoated and neither were Christ. And you would have, I mean, pastors of big churches just went on their pages to curse me and block me and all these things. It's like, you know what, If you, listen, beloved, if you want to have donuts have all the donuts you want. Praise God. We have fellowship. We have it after the word. Not We don't eat popcorn while I'm preaching. We don't do that. And so there's this whole seeker-friendly movement. But let me tell you something. What you do to get somebody, Pastor, is what you're going to have to keep doing 
to keep them there. And if they're coming for a donut or they're coming for a free chocolate bar or a special pin or a, a gift prize or how about a snow machine at Christmas? If that's the re- I'm not I'm not against any of those things in theory. But if you have to mark it on a billboard on the side of the road to fill your church up at Christmas with a snow machine, how many of those people are really coming back? And again, I'm not against it in theory. If the Lord told you to do that, do it. My concern is is that maybe one pastor got a word from God to do this. It worked for him. And one pastor got a word to have donuts and the Lord said, have donuts. It worked for him. And now all of a sudden, since it worked for Pastor Joe down the street, every other pastor who wants to grow their church is now having donuts and snow machines. And we have to follow the Lord. And so if that's what you're doing, that's awesome. But I don't believe that we can have cookie cutter approaches to church, seeker friendly programs for the sake of bringing, you know, putting fannies in chairs or fannies in pews. I think that defeats the purpose of of what Christ intended, where he said, you know, pick up your cross and follow me. He didn't say pick up your donut. I'm sorry. He didn't say pick up your donut and follow me. Amen. And I'm, I'm not against donuts, praise God, or bagels or coffee uh, or any of that. But I think that if you're led by the Lord to do that, go for it. But why have we, why do we have to water down the gospel? Why do we have to bribe people to come to church? I don't think that is the way of God. At least we don't do that in my church. Well, look, listen, we give people, uh, we had fellowship, we had cake. Guess what? We had cookies on Sunday. Guess what? We did it after we received new members as a, as a, uh, we gave away chocolate, but we give stuff away. But if I have to advertise it to get you to come, you probably won't last long in my church. And that made so many people so angry with me. I mean, word curses, hate mail, over, I, I didn't say you couldn't do it. I said, I'm not doing it. So that's just the condition of the, of the goat pastors who like, see, goats eat donuts, by the way. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, there used to be a saying, I, I don't know who, who said it, it's probably many people, but uh, what, what gets in there is what you have to do to keep them there. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, where does it end before they get, before it becomes uh, common to them and they look for the next thing, you know? Um, I've been, I've been, you know, kind of in, in this vein for a long time uh, of uh, you can't, you can't program your church to death to get people to come in. Um, you know, and a matter of fact, I, for a long time, I, I kept saying, look, you know, um, if you look at the, the church historically, they didn't have youth pastor. They didn't have children's pastor. They didn't have this stuff. Yeah. You know, why is it that, that we have to have these things? And it's, it's a cultural thing. I, I get it, you know, and, and I'm pro those things. But I'm just not I'm not sold out on the fact that you have to have those things in order to have a move of God. You know, um, I, I like the whole thing of, uh, you know, the fire of God advertises itself. You know, yeah. if you truly have the fire of God in your congregation, then you don't need those things to draw people in. You don't you don't have to have those things. You know, but why don't we just get down to the brass tacks of of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fire, the 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 power, you know, signs, miracles and wonders that follow those that, that believe and let that be the program that keeps them there, which is the gospel. You know, um, and, and by the way, I love donuts. And yeah. I love coffee and I love all those <laughs> things, but um, those truly are not the things that are going to get people into your doors and they're not going to be the things that keep people in your, in your church. Um, usually the people that have to do those things to get people um, are also going to preach a watered down message because they're afraid of losing the people in the seats. Whereas, you know, and, and I think you're the same way. Um, 
I leave the back door unlocked. You know, if you don't like what you hear, you can go out the door. Yeah. Um, I can't be bought. You're not going right. to buy me. You're not going to water down my message. Uh, I'm going to preach what the Lord tells me to preach, what, whether or not you have me back or not, you know, and that's even going out, you know, uh, I, I spend most of my time on the road now yeah. and, and I go to places and I tell them when I get there, I did not come here to make friends. I came here to make disciples. If I make friends, that's a great byproduct of it. Um, but it's not a necessity for me, you know, because I'm going to preach what the Lord has put on my heart. You can't buy me, you know, and, uh, I, I, uh, I, I've been saying this, you know, I came, <laughs> this is good. Uh, I came with enough money to get home on, you know, so, <laughs> you know, um, I don't need your money to go home. So if you don't like it, that's just the way it is, you know, and, and, uh, you, you're so right with that. You know, it, it's the seeker, the seeker friendly mentality, it does what it do, it doesn't make disciples. That's right. It makes it makes it makes a bunch of um, schizophrenic Christians really because they don't really know what it means to be a Christian and 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 what you're doing if, when you're when you're preaching a seeker friendly message anyway, you're setting them up for failure because the first time some trial or storm comes their direction in their life, they are now not equipped to handle it, and they think, "Oh my, I, I thought this was all going to be a box full of candy, and and uh, it was all going to be, you know, all, all this stuff." And and you, we have not equipped those people to fight the battle, to win the war, you know. And and so, I don't think we're doing them any favors. That's for sure. No, we're not. And at the end of the day, please understand it. It's not about donuts, and it's certainly not about coffee. It's about motivation. And right. if, if people are, if my point in my post was that if people are coming for a donut and they'll sit through church as long as it's not more than 20 minutes, um, you know, it, 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 <laughs> those people who only want an hour long mess, look, 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 I like to go, if I go to somebody else's church, I like to go home with my faith challenge. I like to go home having to examine my heart, wonder if I'm even saved. I like a hard word, a loving word, but I like a word that brings at least a little bit of Holy Ghost conviction more than just a bunch of stuff to tickle my ears. I don't, you you know, Steve Hill, uh, before he went on to be with the Lord, was really a mentor to me in the last couple of years of his life. And he asked me one time to write an article with him about a sugar-coated gospel. And it was one of the great honors of my life. And so I guess I've got a little bit of that in me. You know, I, I just, he came up under Leonard Ravenhill. And Leonard Ravenhill was, you know, don't even get him started on a donut in a, in a, in a service, okay? So, you know, but I'm not, I'm not against that. I want to say I'm not against that. I don't care if you don't like me for it, but I'm not against it. I'm not against having, <laughs> if that's what you want to do. And certainly not against coffee, amen. Um, but what I am against is this, um, this here, and uh, this person's commenting that suffer not a woman to teach and is suggesting that I should leave the broadcast immediately. So Derek, what do you think about women preachers? Well, you know, I think, uh, I think if, you know, the men in the body stepped up, probably done what they needed to do that, you know, Ooh. no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> Well, you know, my wife's staring straight at me, so I better answer this correctly. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think there are, I think there are plenty of verses in the Bible that support women, you know, preaching the gospel. You know, I think that, um, you know, those guys are probably going to be in heaven, too. But I think they might be surprised who else is there. I think that's those kind of guys, you know, um, you know, that, that that's that's I think that the. the kind of the conservative religious church has played that argument out. And uh, that's the death rattle of their, uh, of their uh, voice, you know, is just to come on live streams and troll women preachers and, and, 
You know, I, I would say that most likely if he was doing what he was called to do, he wouldn't have time to be on this live stream dogging on you right now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God is good. Sheep and goats. And so we are seeing, you know, the lines are being drawn. As I said in the beginning, the lines are being drawn. We have to know each other by the spirit. We have to stick with our convictions, but our convictions need to be Holy Spirit convictions, not convictions of money. You know, one of the things that blinds your eyes is serving mammon. One of the things that blinds your eyes is, is you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the, the eyes and the pride of life. And And I believe that there are a lot of really wonderful people in the body. Listen, listen, let me just say this. I don't ever want to be deceived and I'm not above being deceived. Anybody can be deceived, but you know, I believe if you're pursuing him with everything in you, you're going to be able to tell where he's at and where he's not at awakening house of prayer. You know, our job is not to put uh, fannies in the chairs. Our job is to create uh, an atmosphere where Jesus Christ feels welcome, where the Holy Spirit feels welcome. And, and if we create that presence, if we worship him with a pure heart, if we, you know, if, if we press in through worship and the teaching of the word, you know, people who are supposed to be there will come. And Barbara Yoder said something to me because, listen, I'm not against mega churches either. But if mega churches were the answer to the problems in the world, World, the whole world would be saved because we have a lot of mega churches and and I'm not against mega churches either. I'm not against anything um, of, of 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 anything of the Lord. And I believe mega churches, um, are, you know, are of the Lord. They're, they're doing a lot of good. But sure. but but Barbara Yoder said something to me a few years ago. She says small is the new big. So, you know, there's something about having a community. In the book of Acts, they had house churches. That was what they did. They they knew each other. And there's something that the Lord is doing in this hour with family where he's really bringing and Scott Neary is preaching on this big time right now. But really, the Lord is, is bringing together people who really know each other. And, and we can't really discern something completely with one encounter. But sometimes we can. Sometimes sometimes we just know somebody is bad news. But sometimes it, it takes a, a little while of relationship to really judge. I don't think that most of the time, for example, you can go to a church one time and really get a feel for what's going on there. You know, people come to Awakening House of Prayer and they feel the move of the Holy Spirit and they want to become members right away. And I always say, why don't you come for a little while and make sure you really jibe with me because I'm going to say some hard things. I'm going right. to bring some people in to preach that that, that are very uh, forward in, the, in terms of uh, speaking the truth in love. But, you know, we have to understand that God in this hour he, he's drawing lines. And, and I want to be on the right side of God, Derek. And I know sure. you do too. And I know that you are. And we're seeing revival break out in Texas. And that's that's God. That's what God <laughs> wants in this hour. Texas, revival. Florida, revival. Amen. 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 You, you know, uh, <clears throat> you're talking about kind of the smallest and new, the new big. We, we saw that coming um, about four years ago. I was in a conversation with a prophet. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Adam Thompson and Adrian Bill. Oh, they wrote sure. the divinity code. Yeah. Good friends of ours. And they've been spiritual mentors in our lives for, for a while. And, and, uh, one of them, I can't, I think it was, uh, Adrian had, had made the comment. He said that the day of the mega church is over. And he said, it's not that mega churches won't exist, but, but very few of them will exist. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't saying they're bad. And, and I, I don't think anybody's saying they're bad. I, I love the mega church. I think that they have a chance to do a lot of good. Sure. Um, but the reality is, is that people value relationship and they can't find relationship in that big environment. That's right. Uh, and and I saw that when we tried to make the shift from being a community driven church to an apostolic ministry, um, 
that was one of the mistakes we made, you know, because we all make mistakes in ministry. And, and sometimes sure. you're, you, you're, you throw it up against the wall to see if it sticks. And then, and then when it, you know, you, and then you figure it out from there, what, what, do, what should we do different? And then one thing we did different is we didn't under, we, we took away the value that the community style church had to try to substitute it with more of this um, kind of structured apostolic, you know, kind of, um, I don't know, militant almost, you know, not, not militant in a way as overbearing, but just like, this is who we are. We're church like an army, this, that, and the other. And we mm. disvalued the church like a family. And and now I noticed, um, and, and we're in the understanding that you cannot take that relationship, that church like a family out of the equation because people value relationship. And um, in the GOAT churches, by the way, they don't like that relationship because relationship has a mentality of accountability and that accountability has to start from the pulpit down. And in goat churches, anybody in the pulpit in those goat churches don't like to be held accountable. That's right. And we'll never, will never, never, never admit to struggle, temptation or anything. It's their way or the highway. Um, they won't be held accountable. They won't come under correction. They won't, there's none of that. And that's why, um, they disvalue relationship is because they don't want that. Yeah. They don't, they don't want the accountability. And I know you have accountability in your life. I have lots of it in my life as well. And I see it as a safety net because really, truly, I do not want to be deceived. And the nature of deception is that you don't know that you're deceived. And the goat apostles, the goat pastors, the goat Christians, they don't know they're deceived. They don't know. They don't know because if they did, I know that they love the Lord. But the problem is, is that goat preachers, pastors, whoever, they begin to treat the sheep very poorly. This is where you get yeah. into the realm of spiritual abuse because they're yeah. more interested in building their kingdom and their name, their platform, than they are building disciples, building local churches, building family. And this is uh, a real, real issue. It's been an issue since since the days of the Bible. God addressed spiritual abuse in the Bible. And so this is nothing new, but I came out of spiritual abuse many, many years ago. I guess it's been about 10 years ago now that I came out of, and I, I know other leaders in the body of Christ who've been very vocal about this issue of spiritual abuse, but goat leaders don't want the accountability because they, they, they just, they, they're a kingdom and they're an island to themselves. So when you see leaders right. who aren't running with people, they don't cooperate with people, they don't have any other speakers into their church ever. Um, that's an, that's an issue. I understand some pastors look, don't let me put balance on this. I know some pastors, they have a small budget. They don't have anybody to bring in. They can't get the ones they want to come in because they can't pay the giant honorarium. I get it. But in generally speaking, you know, it's healthy for a church to have other voices. It's healthy for people to hear other perspectives. So if your pastor is telling you, you're not allowed to go to that conference with Dr. Cindy Trim in South Florida. Why, why, why can't you do that? Why aren't you allowed right. to do that? And so, you know, you know, goat leaders are want you to be accountable to them, but they're not accountable to anybody else. And again, to me, accountability is really a safety net. Yeah, it's so good. You know, I, I remember when, when we had coffee, you know, in, in LA, one of the things I said to you about, you know, wanting a relationship, you know, you know, we were wanting to come in a relationship with you was because we wanted to be part of something that was bigger than ourselves, you know, yeah. um, and and just to be honest, to be transparent, which is missing a lot in the body, yep. <laughs> is transparency. But 
I know who I am and I know that, that I'm a charismatic person and I know that I have the ability. It's in me to be deceived. I mean, because by my, not necessarily by, by other people, but even by myself Mm -hmm. to be deceived by myself and begin to build my own kingdom and slip into error. Um, and I don't want that to happen. And so that's why I put safety nets up. Like you said, it was a safety net. It is, it is a safety net. I want to surround myself with people that are not afraid to tell me no. Surround mm-hmm. myself with people that aren't afraid to say, hey, Derek, I think, you know, this is getting out of control. Or I think, you, you know, hey, have you prayed about this? Or, you know, um, what do you think of it? You know, whatever it looks like, you know, I see it as a positive thing to, to have people over you that aren't afraid to correct you. And because correction is, a, a, it's not a bad thing. It's a, you know, correction comes through the lens of love. It's, it's Jesus's way of loving us and calling us up in, in, into something that's better than what we're walking in. And, uh, you know, we, we have, I mean, I, one of the things that we've been doing for the last 10 years is rescuing people out of cults. And, wow. you know, I just went, just went around and around with, with this particular cult over the last, uh, oh, probably four or five months now. And, uh, man, they just curse. They, people want to leave and they say, no, you're going to get cancer. If you leave, you're going to die of cancer. And if you yep. leave this, if you leave, that's going to look, that's spiritual abuse. That's, yeah. that's, that's a goat mentality. That's people that are afraid. And, and that's why I say you, you made an interesting point. You know, church is not letting their people go to some place. I've never in any of our churches, you know, we planted 15 churches. I know people planted a lot more than that. out of the 15 churches we've planted. I've never, well, I used to before when I was deceived, but in the yeah. past seven years, I've never told people that they couldn't go somewhere. I had to, I had to believe that I have, I have equipped my people with an ear to hear him to where if they hear a deception, that they know it and they run yeah. um, because typically it's out of a spirit of fear and control um, that people don't want their people to go to another church. Well, what if they like it more and they stay? Well, then yep. they stay. Yep. They were never yours to begin with. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me, yep. you know, um, let them go, you know, and um, it, it, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I'm glad you said that. Amen. 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 Well, listen, Derek, you've got a, a film coming out from the dead yep. and we're going to be together in Los Angeles in July. Before we sign off, would you tell them about this film and how they can uh, get involved and how they're going to be able to watch it and all the good stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, the, the history of it is uh, the short, the very short version is, um, you know, I, I used to be a criminal. I was an international drug dealer and weapons trafficker and, um, you know, uh, just did a lot of horrible things. I worked across the border, lived across the border and um, became a chronic drug addict, died of an overdose. Um, I felt hell come for me. And then Jesus walked in the room. I said, if you save me, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. And he breathed his breath into me and I was resurrected. And, and I went on to, to raise, you know, three other people from the dead. And of course, for all the religious people, I know it's not me. It's Jesus. In yes. Me. But, <laughs> but he partnered with me to do it. And, and I was obedient and said, yes. And, and um, so at one point, uh, Bethel was going to do this teaching series, and they wanted me to participate with David Hogan, Heidi Baker. And for whatever reason, funding got cut, and we said, hey, let's make a movie about this. And so we spent – that's how I met you originally was yep. in Oklahoma, I think, or Texas, one or the other. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, was to interview you for the movie. That's how we met. And and we, we traveled for three years uh, interviewing big names and little names, people you've never heard of, people you have heard of about this subject and 
Now uh, we're, we're nearing the, the very end and we have the Hollywood premiere uh, July 25th. And, and the following night, we're doing an impartation meeting where people are going to have hands laid on them and, and just impart people. It's going to be like a thousand people at that. But um, the Hollywood premiere, if they want to come, you know, that they can they can go to my page, my ministry page, Derek Gates Ministries. Um, there's a link there. They can go in and find out all the info. But it, it is a dynamic movie that just shares stories, um, the truth about does God do this and why does he do it? And um, I, I, I really think it's going to change the dynamics of, of what people think about the radical things like raising the dead. God is still doing this thing in, in today. You know, it, it's not something that was first century. It's something he's still doing today. Amen. Amen. He is. And I'm looking forward to being out there. I will be in London next week. I should be in D.C., New York, and I'll be in London. We have three houses of prayer in London, just getting off the ground, one in Windsor, one in South Croydon, one in Redford, which is where the pilgrims came from when they wanted to come to America. And so I'll be there doing a school of the prophets and seers next week. Get involved in that if you can, jenniferleclair.eventbrite.com. And if you're in South Florida, make sure you come see us at Awakening House of Prayer. I cannot promise you donuts, but I can promise you that the Holy Spirit will be there. And if you listen closely, you will hear him. Amen. God bless you, Derek. Thank you so much for being on the broadcast with me. I appreciate God bless it. You. All right. See you later. Love you, Love you too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or so into Operation Liberation, our missions arm at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seers ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.